is The House Call. Welcome to a new segment here on House Call Sports. That is, of course, you can't tell by Joel's background, figure out where he is over here. We will be talking about F1. Uh, Honestly, a great sport here in America that has started rapidly getting some press, obviously due to Netflix's series. I'm definitely one of those people I started getting really into it after watching the first season. Um, so I'm, I'm a newer fan to the sport, but we'll start off. We'll actually go over to Joel over this way uh, and give a quick little introduction. Get, get the people knowing who we are. All right. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm Joel. Uh, happy to be here with you guys. Um, so I started getting interested in, in racing by, uh, by the age of like, let's see, when did I start? 10 or 11, um, I got into go-karting and that's kind of like the ground level of where you work your way up to formula one, you know, Mount Everest between me and there, but, um, but that, that's what got me interested in that. And that's my background. Um, and on the other side of, uh, my life, I'm a physics PhD student and I'm just totally a nerd about all these, like, you know, tech things on the cars. And what I love about F1 in particular is that there's just so much development and science that goes into it. It's not just about the drivers, not just about the teams, the the strategy. It also is about the science of the cars, the aerodynamics, the downforce, the, you know, different materials that go into saving weight and this and that. So um, I just love that on a week by week basis, I get to follow those kinds of like nerdy developments. Yeah, that's um, wow. I didn't know that about you. So that's crazy. (laughs) What an introduction. Uh, Who's your team and your favorite driver? Uh, I'm a big fan of McLaren. Their history is just fascinating. They've mm-hmm. had some legends and um, I'd love to see that happen again. Uh, Norris has been who I've been following, um, but Piastri has gotten my attention. I mean, he has a stellar track record through F3, F2. And um, yep. I, I think for, for a rookie, you know, first season in F1, he's been doing pretty darn great so far. Yeah. All right, Ollie, take it away. Well, mine's going to look pretty boring now because in most parts, it's exactly the same as Joe. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just as boring, not because uh, of the McLaren thing, but uh, I'm, I'm not a physics PhD person, so I, I don't have that cool day-to-day. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, are you a physicist, Ollie? <laughs> no, no, no. I wish. No, I don't have anywhere near the like, level of technical knowledge that you do. Um, but no. McLaren, again, favorite team, same as yours, and Lando Norris as well. Uh, what a kid. I think his contract situation is pretty weird at McLaren at the moment. They're yes. not really giving him the car to compete. And it, while he keeps saying in interviews in the media, I've got faith in them, how long does that last? Because it, it gets to a point where he's like, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm going somewhere else, a Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, yeah. wherever. And it gets him a car that can actually compete. But uh, no, I've been a McLaren fan like 15 something years since Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso was back there. That rivalry was uh, in full swing, shall we say. And since then, they've not been great. There was uh, Monza 2021, which I still cling on to for dear life. (laughs) But no, besides that, it's it's been good. It's been Russia 2021, where I um, went into a panic attack, let's say. So I also, because we this is also our first time all kind of meeting each other on camera. Uh, accent, I can tell. I don't want to like butcher and make up a whole country where you're from. <laughs> What's your accent? 
oh no, it's just standard English Northern. Okay. Um, I, I, a lot of people, I don't get it. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, um, I am a Ferrari fan because I just, I also love Italy. And I live down the street from a Ferrari dealership, so get to see a lot of those test drives. Love those cars. Be happy to get one. Easy team to follow. Another one that's super rich with their F1 history as well. And quite honestly, a big fan of both of the drivers. Although we'll, we'll talk some news first. I did see some, some rumors going around that Audi is looking at making a team and going towards Carlos Sainz, which... I would, it would be interesting. I, I like the dynamic that Leclerc and, and Sainz have on Ferrari. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? We'll, we'll start with Joel. Uh, yes, I think it's it's pretty well rumored now that Audi is starting a team. Um, okay. That's super exciting. I think it's anytime there's a new introduction just to oh, yeah. change up the dynamic, everybody gets excited. Um, yeah, Carlos uh, going to Audi, I think, is a real possibility. I think he's been needing to perform in Ferrari, and also Ferrari has been needing to perform for him. So it's just not really been too, uh, you know, wonderful of a, of a partnership so far. I can see it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I see him moving on. He's obviously, there's frustrations that have been growing between him and Ferrari. Like I said, I love the team, uh, the pairing of both Leclerc and Sainz, but there's clearly a one-sided way for Ferrari as opposed to Sainz. Ollie, what's your thoughts on it? It's growing more likely to me. Like my heart and my head are telling me two different things because my head's saying when a driver normally doesn't perform, I'm not saying Carlos Sainz hasn't performed. He's just, it's not exactly gone to plan and how Ferrari and Sainz both envisioned yep. it when he joined. And what normally happens when a driver doesn't perform at the factory team, he gets demoted to the junior team. And who are Audi taking over? Sauber, who have acted as the Ferrari junior team for the past like 10 years. So that could happen. But in my heart, there's only one driver pairing I want, Sebastian Vettel and Mick Schumacher. Please, Audi. Oh. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's such a... It'd be sad for me to see him go, but... Ultimately, I understand the move. And I mean, kind of almost compare it a little bit to a, a Perez situation over at Red Bull, where Red Bull is super one-sided to one driver and kind of just leaving Perez off hanging in the hanging in the rafters. But we'll we'll talk some previous races here. The Australian Grand Prix happened a few weeks back, and it was absolutely insane. Uh, I unfortunately living in uh, America on Eastern Standard Time. Didn't have the chance to watch it live because I like my sleep and wasn't disrupting <laughs> my sleep for that. But watching the highlights was crazy. Ali, what were your thoughts over on uh, the Australian Grand Prix? I did, unfortunately, uh, watch it live. <laughs> it, it started at 6 a.m. for me and I don't think it finished until like 9. Okay. Uh, 9, 9.30 a.m. But it was just absolutely chaotic in every sense of the word i mean some of the red flags little bit questionable i don't think that kevin magnuson's especially should have been a, a red flag if we go back to 2018 he when he came out of the pits and his wheel wasn't fitted properly he pulled over in the exact same spot my i had as well as when he pulled over after hitting the wall and there wasn't even a safety car it was just a local yellow and the, the argument that the fia have put entertainment over the spot i think is very strong with that one and i just don't I don't think it, it yeah. went down how it should. 
I agree yeah. completely. Yeah, it's just it seems to be a decision that was made out of wanting the race to finish under green flag, and so anything to make that possible. But it just turned into a clown show. I mean, red flags should really be reserved to somebody might be dying, and, and it just wasn't even close to that. I I mean, I've only seen a couple red flags in my racing career in go karting. It was handled, you know, it's handled about the yeah. same the flags. So it's just astounding to see so many red flags in one race. Yeah, I. I couldn't believe my eyes. I pulled up the highlights and I was just sitting there and it was like, it was just a full on domino effect. It was one thing after the next, after the next. And we, we were just talking about Carlos Sainz and his whole thing with the FIA and his penalty. So just a crazy overall race. And unfortunately you saw some drivers, a lot of drivers go out and a lot of them relatively early. I was personally really pulling for Lewis Hamilton in this race. It was very sad to see that he, I mean, still got his his finish, but he didn't get the the number one finish. He had an amazing drive, an amazing drive. It's just that Red Bull car is so fast, but Hamilton had a great showing. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that. But we do. And George have- Russell also, if I can yes. add that. I mean, he had a great, great drive. And then he had such good etiquette, you know, when the strategy ended mm-hmm. up not to Mercedes fault working out, not his way. He was so courteous over the radio. I got to give him props for that. Yeah. I love George Russell. I think he's going to have a great career. I think Mercedes, we've also seen last season really struggled with a lot of their, their car issues this season. They seem to have gotten that on lockdown, but they really need to get their car up to compete with Red Bull. I mean, as does everyone, that's, that's the car you need to compete with. Uh, Lewis can do it. George can do it. They just really need to get that car tuned up and ready to go to, to fight against uh, not only Red Bull. We can talk about Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin that like dark horse crazy. I was not expecting all of a sudden to see the, the out of nowhere. Fernando Alonso is been P3 for the last three races. If I'm yeah, now my brain's going through with it. Uh, Ali, you were talking about Fernando Alonso. What's your thoughts on that? It was absolutely mental. And like when he announced his move to Aston Martin in Hungary, everyone was thinking, well, what have you done that for? You you know, you're getting a bit old. Maybe he's not quite thinking straight. Because Alpine had actually had a string of successive, um, like pretty good results. And there was P5 in Silverstone, I think. uh, Ended up P4 and P8 or something in in Austria, the, the race before that. And Aston Martin were fighting for P9 in the Constructors' Championship. So everyone was like, well, hang on, why are you downgrading? But he, I think he's just blown everyone out of the water. I wouldn't quite say that's a, a car that can allow him to fight for the championship. But it's sure as hell is a lot better than what anyone would have expected from him at this point. I'm glad. I, I think it's also it's so bad to say. Aston Martin and obviously recognizing, I don't think Lance Stroll is ever going to be their strong suit. So they definitely needed a driver that was going to complement the team and make them look better. Um, I, I call Lance Stroll the, my dad effect. His dad bought him a racing team. So, that's- you know, that being said, he's really shown himself to be a little bit better than just the default. I'm on the team because my dad bought. Yeah. I mean, that is the case, but he, I think, has truly earned his spot in recent races, especially broken, yeah. uh, racing with a nearly broken wrist there on that first. That was a pretty. Uh, he's definitely improved from last season. I, I have yeah. to imagine you're you know, coming in, n- never been in F1, kind of getting the lay of the land. And like we're seeing with Piastri moving on to McLaren. Mm-hmm. He's doing great. 
there's obviously some struggles. So I've, I agree he's improved, but I, I still think that they're always going to try to have a driver that is there to compliment him. And Fernando Alonso is doing just that. He's complimenting that team. Yeah, I think we, uh, man, what a reality with the fantasy that would have been if uh, Vettel stayed on and instead of Stroll, it was then Alonzo, those two, <laughs> with the car that they have this season. A big fan of that one. I, I'm, yeah. I'm all in. <laughs> we'll try to make that happen. Yeah. Well, we do have a race next weekend is the Baku Circuit, and we'll just end off this episode on some light notes. We'll have a more in-depth preview, but some quick thoughts on this upcoming race and Ollie, we haven't heard from you recently, so I'll throw it over to you. What's your thoughts on this upcoming race? I am I'm really looking forward to seeing how well Williams do. Now, they are normally a team that get in the discussion whenever it's a, a, a circuit with pretty long straights, and obviously Baku has the longest straight on the calendar. And it's Monza, Nick DeVries ended up jumping into the Williams and finished P9. Their car is amazing in a straight line and Baku has a lot of them I think they're going to be the, the underdogs for a lot of people hmm. but the Red Bull just looks untouchable at the moment you, you cannot really bet on anybody to beat them at the moment and Alonso maybe even the Hamilton or Russell the two Mercedes can can challenge them a little bit I know Charles Leclerc goes well around Baku well and yeah. getting pulled the last two seasons there but I just don't see anyone beating Red Bull to be honest. yeah I, I'm with you uh, Joel yeah, I you know you mentioned Williams and I have been uh, you know eagerly watching Albon every race. He's such a great racer, and I think he has a bright future ahead of him. It's nice to see the Williams actually you know somewhat competitive in the midfield this uh, this season, even beyond that with Albon sometimes pushing the car beyond I think where it ought to be able to perform. He just does incredible things with a mediocre car. Yeah, I, I will say one thing for Williams. I am excited to watch the development of Sargent. I live in Fort Lauderdale. He is a guy from Fort Lauderdale. So it, nice, nice to see it. Got a root for my, my hometown guy. Um, I do. I always like these street, excuse me, these street circuits, uh, of course, with Monte Carlo. Um, so I think it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited to see, but I, I'm in the same headspace that seems like we're all agreeing on. Red Bull really is the car to beat no matter what team you are. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely see. Do we think do we think Fernando Alonso is going to be P three again? I'd go one better and say P two. I I don't know how long this Red Bull look's going to last, and it, it won't last forever. I'm I'm banking on maybe I think a Red Bull will win, but I might. I, I'm almost going to say that another one might suffer a mechanical fault, and then Alonso might jump. I'd love to see an Aston Martin double podium. I, I'm dreaming for one of those, and just to see Alonso and Stroll together up there. That's not only going to boost them. They're going to think, hold on, maybe we can actually charge somewhat for a championship or take it a lot longer than people are expecting us to. So for, for confidence, I'm, I'm hoping at the P2, and he seems pretty confident in himself, saying that he's not going to get another P3, but instead he wants to try and push for a win. So the confidence is there, just is the car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good analysis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's updates coming to these cars, you know, and you never know until the rubber hits the road where they're going to shake out. You know, every team says there's updates and they're so promising. Um, we'll see. But I, I do think that uh, Red Bull doesn't have this free and clear. There's a lot of races up ahead. Um, yeah. But yeah, they've been dominant so far. I think specifically McLaren has some car updates that they 
changed strategy in their car development and they kind of have been racing with last year's car for the most part up until now and i think this race has their new updated car actually coming online so i'm super excited to see if that actually translates to anything on on the road yeah and I, i'm with you guys on the red bull thing about i don't necessarily know if it's their luck but if you watch, remember watching last season struggled all the way through the beginning and then yeah they finished off really strong and I, I just fear that, not fear, but I have a feeling that they're doing so good right now and all of a sudden it's going to come to one race where all of a sudden they'll start having a little bit of a decline. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, I'm interested in Perez. I think uh, Perez doesn't get enough credit, to be honest. I think 100%. that there's some sort of, yeah, exactly. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful racer. And I mean, he was on a rip tear this last race, uh, making some real risky passes and pulling them off. So I think if he if he keeps up his efforts, I think that uh, it's not just going to be Max with the little buddy. I think it's he he really he, can. He goes somewhere else next season. Well, something yeah. we haven't mentioned. I, forgot, I completely forgot. It's a sprint race in Baku. Yes, that's it's right. The first sprint of the season, and Baku under sprint conditions. I think Christian Horner had something to say about that. He said it'll just end up proving more costly to the teams, but. An accident for one of the Red Bulls puts them out of commission for the main Grand Prix. Shakes things up massively, especially if it's Mike Verstappen who's, who's on the sidelines. And yeah, and then Aston Martin and Mercedes and Ferrari really have like a double pronged attack just to go with the one Red Bull and hopefully yeah. it's a good result. Sure. Yeah. The question I was also saying is do you see Perez leaving Red Bull at the end of the season and going somewhere else where it's not, again, not as a one sided deal for him? That's a tough one. Uh, I know Red Bull has a great car right now. I'd be tough to leave such a great car, but I also think he doesn't get the attention he deserves. So I think it, it depends on how the next few races go. Yeah. Also, Ali, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think he will, but not purely because he's an absolutely stellar driver, which he is, but I don't think they've got enough options. Daniel Ricciardo spent a year out. He's not quite ready to come back for a top team and start yeah. challenging for championships again. The juniors, are still too inexperienced for me. I mean, Liam Lawson could come, but I don't think he's just quite there yet. So no, I, I don't see him leaving anytime soon, especially not next year. All right. I, I mean, I also, I agree. I think it'd be silly for him to go elsewhere, but I I'm, I think the general consensus, we all want Checo to get more than what he's getting now and yeah. he deserves it. <laughs> he really does, yeah. Yeah, I also could see going back to that sprint race. Uh, I, I can see Christian Horner being a little bit uncertain about it because Max honestly doesn't have the greatest starts all the time, and so a, you know, fast qualifying, free and clear, benefits them. Whereas a sprint race could kind of toss things up for him. Yeah. This last Australian Grand Prix, uh, so many restarts, Max was real threatened every time he didn't have a great start. Yeah, and we we've seen that it was last season when he got really upset when they had to do the uh, restart, and I blanking on what place it was because they couldn't formulate who's who was where and what happened and they had to do a complete restart and he got so upset about all of that too so very true very great point but overall i think this was a fun first episode we all got to kind of know each other and we will be back next week where we will also have a fourth individual joining us dustin and we will be given a preview of the next race so for now I'll see you guys. So will Joel. So will Hol Ollie. Oh my goodness. I can't speak today. Have a good one, guys. Dude, yeah, he heard the videos. He heard their faces. <laughs>
Yeah, you hurt their faces and their and their egos it's and their it's pride. It's amazing. Just... Jordan, you 